Thanks, Sam. That's great. Thank you. Okay, I am on, and that's good, and there's no noises yet. They said do it up tight, and it shouldn't make all those horrible, scrunchy, squealy noises. So um, thanks for coming out, and uh, let's just uh, look to God's Word tonight as we look at the theme, Don't Worry, God Has It Under Control. Let's just pray, shall we, before we start tonight. Father, we want to thank you. You've been so faithful to us in 2015, and Lord, on the uh, right now as we step into this new year, we know that you have good things ahead for us. Lord, when Israel came in the promised land, they came in little by little, and we know we're going to enter into some good things, Father, and part of that is, Lord, not, not being afraid of giants, but Lord is strong in our God. And so we pray tonight that every one of us, Father, will hear something from you, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Okay, my theme is don't worry, God has it under control. Many years ago, I um, there was a student in our, in our church here, and I felt a bit sorry for him. He was quite broke, students often are. And so I offered him a bit of a job cleaning up my section, which really suited me a lot. And so he took it up. He was a very practical sort of a guy. And uh, I'm not going to name him because you'll see why in a minute. And um, so anyway, he went to the back of our section. This is in Blockhouse Bay. And he you know, hacked away at a number of trees and made a, a fairly large pile of, uh, you know, f- you know, of, of debris and rubbish from the section there. And then he said, oh, I'll just get some petrol. He went to his car and got some petrol. And I said, are you sure? He said, yeah, don't worry. I've done it before. So he, he poured this entire can of petrol onto this, and then he got a, his flame, and he threw it onto this bonfire. Well, it was, and it went boom. And uh, as I got up off, off the ground, just, just checking that I had any, any hair at all and eyebrows, I, I looked at him. I thought, mate, your don't worry did not count for very much. Well, I want to say God's don't worry is not like that. His don't worry is, hey, don't worry, I have got it sorted. And uh, let's just turn in our Bibles to the book of Revelation in chapter 19. And we will see there that uh, this is what's going to happen at the very end. And uh, it's pretty strong medicine, I tell you. So hold on to your seatbelt. Revelation chapter 19, and we'll start reading from verse 11. This is when Jesus comes back to earth the second coming of Christ. It says, Now I saw heaven open, Revelation 19, 11, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, and with it he would strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Wow, that is so impressive, isn't it? You know, what a contrast to when Jesus came the first time on earth. The first time when Jesus came, we know he came as the Lamb of God. But this time he comes as the Lion the lion of the tribe of Judah. 
He came the first time as a servant. He did not come to be served, he said, but to serve and give his life. But this time he comes not as a servant, but as the ruler of the nations. He came the first time in much love and mercy, preaching the acceptable year of the Lord. But this time he comes to proclaim the judgment of God for those who are not ready. He comes as King of kings and Lord of lords. And it will be an awesome and a fearsome day when he comes and sets right the things that are wrong, all the injustices, all the the inequalities, all the things that are wrong in this world. Jesus will come and he will make them right for he has all things under his control. And this world is not spinning out of control, friend. It is, it is written in Scripture what God has planned for this planet. And it's not necessarily specific, but it's clear nonetheless. And we may be worried about numbers of things, you know, whether it's suicide bombers or terrorist attacks or crazy weather, or it could just be my bank balance, whatever it may be, you know. But uh, Jesus said that you will hear of rumors of wars, uh, but see that you're not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, he said, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, there'll be pestilences, earthquakes in various places. You know, we do live in troubled times, and Jesus said, just before I come back, there will be troubled times. And yet these times of trouble can be a real friend to us if we use wisely and share our faith because we can interpret world events in the light of the Bible. Some years ago, I was at Teachers College, and I was in my first year. There was a guy there who his name was called Craig. And I didn't like Craig because Craig was a boxer. He was, he was number one in Canterbury in his class, and I was a little bit weary of Craig. Some years before, I tried my hand at boxing, and I didn't like it. You know, they hit me. I was in the ring, and they punched me. I couldn't believe it. I thought, that's it. I'm not going to do boxing again. So I did not like boxers, and Craig was a boxer. Well, I got saved, and suddenly I was not, uh, I was actually warm toward Craig because I wanted to reach out to him. And I began to share with him, as others did as well, about Jesus. And he was interested, but, you know, he didn't want to make that decision right at that point in time. And uh, what transpired was the nation of Israel was, uh, about a year later, was being attacked by various uh, Middle Eastern countries around it, and it looked very, very like Israel was going to go under. And Craig had heard enough of end-time teaching from Christians saying, Jesus is coming again. He thought, oh no, this is the second coming when the nations surround Israel. They're about to wipe them out, and then Christ returns. He thought, I'm not right. I'm not, having given my life to Christ. And he gave his heart to Jesus. And it was fantastic. You know, the part that was really fantastic was that within 18 months, Craig was dead. He died of leukemia, just a young man in his early 20s. And I remember visiting uh, Craig in Ashburton uh, not long before he died. And he'd, he'd, you know, all his hair had, had, had gone, and he was looking very thin and very gaunt. But he said, I know where I'm going. I'm going to meet my maker. I've got peace with God. And he, he loved the Lord, and God indeed took him home. You know, there are four things on the world stage that can cause people to worry. The first one is Israel became a nation, and this produced tremendous instability in the Middle East. It happened in 1948, and from that time onward, God's time clock has been speeding up and speeding up and speeding up. 
It's not fast enough for me, but nonetheless, it is speeding up. I want to see it all happen. Well, anyway, Israel became a nation, and suddenly that region of the world became incredibly unstable like it has never been before. And God told and said 2,000-plus years ago that he would bring Israel back to the promised land, and God fulfilled his word. And in Matthew 24, speaking of the, the fig tree, that fulfilled that promise that at that time would lead into the end times and the second coming and the beginning of sorrows. And so we have all these issues in the Middle East, even today, that are kind of spin-offs from this because Israel has become a nation once again. This is significant for end times. The second thing that people can get worried about that leads to it is economic upheaval. You know, we live in a world where, you know, New Zealand has had a pretty good time economically, but this this will come and this will go because that's what takes place with the economy. But things are becoming increasingly different with the world economy today. Nations are becoming far more interlinked than they ever were before. And these range of trade deals that we are doing, and I'm not against them at all, but what is happening is the economies are getting more and more interlinked. And eventually it's going to lead at some point in the future, to what the Bible calls the mark of the beast. I don't believe Christians will take that mark, and I do believe God will supernaturally protect those Christians on earth at that time. But nonetheless, economic instability is coming increasingly to the world and will eventually lead to the mark of the beast. So when people talk to you, you know, about economics and uh, the difficulty of life or whatever, we, we can come back to the scriptures and point out that God said, as we got more and more towards the end, there would become this economic instability leading to the mark of the beast, which is always very scary, and people listen, or, or they run, actually, sometimes as well. Okay, the third point here is that the Antichrist will arise. Now, um, where he comes from, well, if we read Daniel chapter 11, um, it's pretty clear, in my perspective anyway, he's coming from the nation of Greece. The, Daniel 11 is all about the end times, and it talks about, about this, this man rising up and doing a whole lot of damage. And he will come because politicians and democracy is not going to cut it. It is not going to work it. Our politicians, I'm sure many are very sincere, but really what they can do is so, so limited. And uh, we can just see uh, evil on the tide. We can see inequality, injustice, a range of things. And democracy and these things will not be able to bring in real lasting peace and happiness to a society. And so eventually what will take place, a man will begin to emerge out of Europe and this man will begin to be very charming, very pleasant. He will win hearts and souls. He will come into the Middle East. He'll finally bring a peace solution that has not happened to this point in time. He will do so. And then he will reveal his true colors, the man of sin, the Antichrist. My fourth point here tonight is things that can cause worry is worldwide revival. Now, you might wonder why would I say worldwide revival? Now, I, I won't turn to verses because I will get bogged down. I'll get bogged down. But in Matthew 13 and Revelation 14, it talks about two harvests growing up at the same time. The reason why we can not be worried, but worldwide revival, if you look at, at, at uh, Scripture, worldwide revival will come in dark and troubled times. You know, when revival came in Bible days, it was in difficult 
tough times. When revival came in the nation of England with the Wesley brothers, it was difficult and tough times. And they are the backdrops in which God is able to work because people's hearts are uncertain. And so God is able to move with a praying church and God is going to move yet again. And God's going to, you know, you think of a a jewelry stone, it works best against a, a darkened backdrop. And uh, the Bible says to the church, I believe, and our church as well, arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. There's gross darkness on the earth, but God's glory will arise upon you. What must we do, church? We've got to arise. It is a new era. Yeah, we're coming in slowly, but we are in nonetheless. And I believe as we will press in in prayer... As we'll press in and doing what God is telling us, press in in faith, we will see God begin to change. And there'll come an increasing difference between the children of God, the children of light, and those in darkness. And people will come to us and say, hey, what is it that you have got? And I believe God's glory will rise increasingly upon us. What about our own lives? What about the things that we are confronted with that uh, trouble us from either daily or from week to week? What must we do? Well, God says, stop worrying, because worrying won't help. It won't get us anywhere. Worry will make our life a misery. Let God be God and let his light shine into your circumstance. I'm sure 2015 at times stretched you, because that's what God allows to happen. I heard the story of a woman who was driving and she was in a bit of a hurry and she came into a, a, a shopping center. She wanted to go into the supermarket and get some groceries. She, she parked her car. She was in a hurry, didn't bother locking it, went into the supermarket, got a few things, noticed there was a, a truck driver, just a rough looking guy around there. And she got back into her car and, and she drove off. As she drove off, the truck driver drove off after her. And as she began to drive, the truck driver was right behind and has turned his lights on, on high beam right in the back of her head, very disconcerting. And she began to get most, uh, you know, felt very ill at ease here, and she began to speed up. Well, the truck sped up as well, and she began to panic, and so she was turning this way and that way to get home, going as fast as she could, and the truck was doing identically the same, with these big lights blaring, uh, or you know, into the back of her head. Finally, she gets to her, her, her street, comes to her house. She roars down the drive, gets out of the car, races to the, her own home, opens it, locks the door, rings the police, because the truck driver's still in her driveway behind her car with his lights right on like this. She thinks, what is happening? So the police come very quickly. They say to the truck driver, hey, buddy, what's going on? He says, have a look in that car. The police go over to the car. They open the door. There's a man with a large knife. The truck driver had seen this man once he was in his car. He had seen this man get up like this with his knife, and then he turned his lights on, and the man ducked down again. And then as they were driving along, that's why he was trying to keep so close to her, to protect her. But she did not know it, and he actually saved her life. You know, worry will make your life miserable. Worry can take you out. Worry develops in darkness. And, you know, as we face situations and we face our giants sometimes, we need the light of God to shine into our hearts to protect us because Satan can't attack in the light. He can't attack your life. You are protected by the blood of Jesus. You really are. God's blood is all-powerful. You know, at one occasion, it said that when Jesus spoke at Nazareth, when he finished speaking, they got quite upset with him, and they wanted to kill him. 
and they tried to drag him and throw him over a cliff. But it says he just passed through them. Satan could not touch Jesus until it was God's ordained time, and that was the way that God was leading him. And as you and I walk in the pathway of light, it's divine protection over our lives. Let God's light shine into your situation. For me, I have found when I have faced a situation that has been a stretch for me, there are two things I've, I've been learning in the process of learning to do. Number one, to keep in the light under God's protection, I learn to yield to God. And I say, Father, I trust you. God, no matter what, I'm following you, I'm trusting you, I'm moving forward, God, and I'm going to keep in the light. When we do that, we're under God's protection. So, you know, maybe when you face something uh, last year and it's been a battle and a struggle for you, my encouragement to you is get into the light by yielding and saying, Father, I trust you. You know, if, and, and then I've said, God, is there anything you want to teach me in this situation? And he gives me a big long list. Well, it might be the same for you. He may speak something to you because often there well, can well be something that God wants to say. So the key to keeping in the light, I have found, and overcoming worry is increased surrender. I believe in this new era that we are moving into that there will come increasing supernatural power and provision. There'll be bigger giants to overcome, but we'll do it, church, because we're moving in God's power and God is bringing freedom from worry, freedom from fear, freedom from things that can dog us down. God is taking, and this, I believe, is the mark of the end time church, when the days will be turbulent, when the evil will abound, but so will God's grace much more abound and we will rise up in God and in his power. So God is training us to to come into. In fact, that verse I just quoted earlier, Daniel chapter 11 about the Antichrist, there's an amazing verse in Daniel 11 verse 32. It says, those who, uh, who, will be, uh, who know their God will be strong and do exploits. Do you know what the context of that verse is? It's about the Antichrist. That's quite remarkable. But those at that time those on earth who know God, that's the key, will be strong. No matter how dark, no matter how horrific the situation will be, if we walk in God's love, we work in, walk in God's light, we will know God and we will be strong. The second thing I have found that is overcoming is not just surrender. Surrender equals coming into greater protection. But that's for the inside. But for the outside, it's not surrender. No, I believe it's faith. It's faith. And um, it's something that we have to really start to work at. I heard the story on Radio Rima some, some while ago, but there were two police officers in one precinct in America somewhere. I, I did have all the names and details. And uh, over a very short period of time, these two police officers were called to separate incidents. The first police officer goes to this incident. It's a domestic. He knocks on the door, going to sort it out. The door opens, the gun's fired, boom. He's shot and he's killed. The second police officer, well, this is America. They have guns, and mate, it's, it's a sad, you know, a bit sad, isn't it? Anyway, the second police officer, he, uh, he uh, stops a traffic violation person, comes across to this guy. The guy winds in the window, boom, shoots with his gun. The guy's knocked to the ground. To the amazement of the guy in the car who had the gun, the police officer gets up. 
yeah, gets up, makes an arrest or whatever. I didn't actually hear that part, but I'm assuming he made an arrest. And what was the difference between the two guys? Well, the guy who got shot in the second instant who got up again had put on his bulletproof jacket when he went to work. The guy who, who got killed with the domestic had his bulletproof jacket in the car. It was in the front seat of his car, not using it. Friend, we have a wonderful tool here that will produce faith. It's called the Bible. It's called the Word of God. This thing will make the difference. It is our bulletproof jacket. It is the thing that God wants us to read. What is the situation that you are facing today as you enter the new year? I encourage you, put on the armor of God. Put on the Word of God. Use it as a mighty weapon. You will withstand the uh, attacks of the devil, and you'll rise up, and you will overcome. What do I mean? Say it's in the area of finance, and you know, you're thinking, man, I just need God to come through. When you pray, don't just pray. Take the Bible, take the Word of God, and quote the Word of God back to God, devil if you like as well, and say verses like, my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches in glory. Hallelujah. I love Malachi 3. I love Malachi 3, where it talks about bringing the tithes into the storehouse. And God says, prove me, prove me. You, this is one time you can say, God, I'm going to test you out. It's the only time in all the Bible where God says this. And he says, if you do that, I will open for you the windows of heaven, outpour so much of my spirit that you won't even be able to contain it. So great will be the blessing. And I trust not just the spirit, but the finances as well. You know, God is faithful. And uh, I've personally found in recent weeks as I've been using those verses I've seen some wonderful and amazing things start to happen and I'm very excited about the future as I quote the word of God perhaps it's the word uh, you need a word of healing you know you've had something that you faced and you're saying God I need healing don't just pray for healing but take the Bible the word of God and quote it back to God God says I am the Lord your healer so tell God God you are my healer remind God that Lord by your strength I am healed, or that one I'm praying for, they are healed, and apply the word of God. Pull on your jacket, friend, you'll find great results. Perhaps it's salvation. You know, God says, He is not willing that any should perish. You and your household will be saved. Powerful weapons of war we can use through faith. The Bible says, Faith comes. Maybe you don't have faith right now. That's okay. Faith can come. And faith comes from the hearing of the word of God. And I found the best thing is to quote it as I pray and I can hear it and faith starts to grab and, and receive that promise. My concluding thought is this. In overcoming worry, remember this, that God loves you very much. You are so special to God. You know, you are the apple of his eye. It says in Psalm, I think, 139, he's thinking about you all the time, thousands and thousands of good thoughts about you. You know, whatever your, your background may have been, it's your future that matters. I think of my own father, you know, I'm sure he loved me and I'm sure he meant well, but really he basically rejected me. And uh, I won't go through all the various things, but I just could not wait to leave home. You know, I just could not wait to go. And so when I was still at high school at 17, that was it. I was gone. And I went off to Australia and, and you know, 
Um, yeah, I just could not wait to get away. My dad, he just, I don't think he ever said he loved me. I don't think he ever hugged me until my mother died. Um, you know, just numbers of things like that. And I sure wasn't a, a great son either, I have to say. And it was great becoming a Christian, coming back and just hugging dad and loving him. And you're like, oh, what's all this? And, you know, it was so good. It was so good. But, you know, whatever our background may have been, don't let, for a moment, you think that Father God is like, your earthly father no matter how good your earthly father may have been father God is so much more wonderful I know when I first came to Jesus and I would come to church there in Sydenham in Christchurch and uh, I would just begin to worship it was just great worship tonight guys and just begin to worship and I just feel the love of God the father I thought, oh this is so different so different. God so loves me. And, and I'd begin to cry sometimes, and I think I'm being a bit silly, and I just feel this healing love in my heart. And I thought, oh, wow, this is just so, so good. And that is our Father God. He so loves us. He so cares about us. You know, I couldn't wait to leave home when I was a young man, but now I can't wait to get home. Home is heaven and be with Father God. He is so for us. So tonight I'm going to ask the team to come up. And uh, so thanks, guys. If the team would come up, please, right now. And could you all stand, please? And um, church, just pray. Thank you. Thank you. Church, please pray. But I just want to spend a couple of minutes to just talk to you this evening. If maybe you don't know this Father God who loves you so much. God cares about you. He knows what you've faced in life. He knows where you've come from. May have been a great upbringing. May have been a tough one. You may be having no problems right now or many. It doesn't matter. Life just the way it is, it does have problems sometimes. And God wants to help us in this life. He wants us to, to have his help and to, to us to meet with him. And more than that, he wants us to go to be with him in heaven one day. You know, every single one of us is, is going to die. There's no exceptions here tonight. Eventually, every one of us goes, goes there. And the Bible teaches once we die, our body is put in the ground, but our spirit goes to heaven or to hell. And Jesus wants you to come to heaven to be with him. And what he, the way to do that is just to receive his forgiveness for our sins, for your sin, for my sin, every one of us without exception. And this evening, I want to just give you an opportunity right now. As church, you're just praying, please. Thank you. I just want to give you the opportunity right now.